Hello, folks. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. This is... <coughs> oh, they're hollaback. That's hollaback. We got to talk about the election that took place in the UK. A crazy election full of intrigue and backstabbing and all the rest but these are the details from what we're talking about in this recording as of tonight Boris Johnson <coughs> has a sizable majority the Tories won a heck of a lot of seats that used to belong to labor, a lot of them since <clears throat> 1935. Those seats are now with the conservatives, aka the Tories. And everybody's been talking about the wishy washy leadership, well, wishy washy decisions by Jeremy Corbyn. But a lot of the liberals are talking, a lot of the leftists in the U.S. and the U.K. are saying that it was a con job, to put it in simple terms, when it came to the way he has been presented by the BBC and Channel 4 and UTV concerning anti-Semitism because he refuses to um, say that Israel is a this that and the other thing is state that supports freedom and all the rest of these things he refuses to say oh there's anti-semitism and all these other things and whatnot and i'm not an anti-semite he refused to admit that and then the real damage was he refused to talk to the main uh guy the secondary main guy in bbc which was um, their dude that talked to um, Brian, uh, no, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, and got destroyed by that particular guy, uh, Adam Townsend, and they refused to speak to him, uh, 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 Jeremy Corbyn. And so with all that being said, and then Boris Johnson and his folks setting up that campaign with those commercials some of them a little bit off some of them not they but they got but they understood what the working classes have been talking about and again similar things that happened in the united states in 2016 and brexit before that happened again in this election too the left wing started talking about this particular wokeness campaign, a lot of them have said it, and a lot of the leftists that are now part of the woke brigade, as many of them have called them, and now part of this bourgeoisie leftist brigade, the liberalizing liberals, as they as we call them here in the states, a lot of them said that this thing has got to stop. There's so many things today, and so you see the results there. A Seven, <coughs> excuse me, a 86 seat majority 
in the House in Parliament at Westminster. First time in a long time. They have those seats for five years. Brexit is Brexit. January 31st, Boris Johnson is going to get the UK out of the EU. The union between Scotland, Wales, London, Britain, England, and Northern Ireland will be split down those lines. And Scotland might go into the EU side. And all the rest of them might go to the EU side. <coughs> Excuse me. Boris Johnson wants the UK to be like Singapore. He also is extremely socially liberal in certain cases up to the point where a lot of people think that He's playing the working class on one end when it comes to the particular issues concerning how women are seen and all the rest of these things as well. It might be a it, it might be a welcome sign of <coughs> certain things, <clears throat> but it may not be, and you will never know unless we have those type of information. So, I just want to talk about Jeremy Corbyn for a minute here because I'm going to keep this short and I really do mean this. There was a post on Twitter that says if Corbyn and Sanders do not win their respective elections, that the only thing the left has is a bourgeoisie left. Because Corbyn and Sanders are the ones that can speak to the middle class. And, uh, Mark Ames and others like Mark Curtis and several others have been complaining about what the BBC in the UK and other stations over there have been going after Corbyn Again, with the anti-Semitism charge. And that the commercials about the anti-Semitism charge was a bunch of propaganda. And there was no evidence to that aspect. <coughs> Let's not spin this away, folks. Corbyn was for Brexit before he was... Wishy-washy on Brexit. He sided with the same people Hillary Clinton sided in 2016 in the United States. Sided with the same people. Talked the same exact language. And he lost the same exact way. 
And what was, <coughs> excuse me, what was the response of the lost protest against Mr. Johnson and all of the machinations when Mr. Johnson is nowhere near the conservative they fear? Nowhere near. Not even at the slightest. Y'all folks had screwed over Corbin from the day Brexit was decided to the day he lost this election. His best chance was against the former prime minister. And if he had won that election, we would not be here. He didn't win that time. He wished he was. He played a bad game and supported the same people Hillary Clinton put try to put forward and lost that election. Sanders is now, according to Mark Ames and others in the American side of the leftist media, is now going to be under attack because of anti-Semitism, because they, he is against Israel on the basis of how they treat the Palestinians. I just want y'all to know this, folks, before y'all come in here and say, I will deny that it's going to happen. Bernie Sanders is 80 years old. He had a heart attack 16 and a half months before the main election. <coughs> 16 and a half months. I'm going to vote for a man who is going possibly it. P, you're going to put the faith of your vote in the hands of a man who had a recent heart attack, who is going to be lambasted by the media that tried to destroy Trump, still going after Trump. It's the same people, folks. It's the same type of tactic. You do not realize right now, and now you're going to realize it today, the same people attacking Trump concerning this election and the Russian ichism, and they used the concept of Russia and the Russian ichism, went after Corbyn with the same Russian ichism, and now it's going to come after <coughs> Bernie Sanders with the same Russian ichism. And even Hillary Clinton started this thing again, saying that the Russians helped Bernie Sanders. When there was only one picture with four likes, when we look back at the history. Can you imagine? A whole woman says it's true and everybody starts believing it. So we have Trump impeached because of Ukraine, even though he has the right to disallow any money going to any foreign country. 
that does not have a trade deal with us officially. They went after Jeremy Corbyn in another sense saying that he was connected to Russia. And he's an anti-Semite. When none of it may have been true. And now they're going to do the same thing that Bernie Sanders Hillary Clinton said. Russian helped Bernie Sanders. That was who they wanted. And now they're starting the anti-Semitism uh, thing. Let me put this to you in very simple terms. They only want one motherfucker to win. It wasn't Boris Johnson. And it wasn't Jeremy Corbyn. They wanted that lady. They want. They did not want any of those two men there. No. No. They want Mr. Khan to become the pre, to become the prime minister. That's the fucking truth. They want Sadiq Khan to become the prime minister of the UK. That's the truth. They want Hillary Clinton to win the next election. Or Paul Buttigieg. Or Elizabeth Warren. They don't want Sanders and they don't want Gabbard. Nowhere near the power, nowhere near the power structures. They don't want them, either of them there. Now you understand why. You got a problem, folks. The problem is you folks. <coughs> folks think that this media is going to keep telling the truth. It's going to tell you everything that is wrong in their nation. Look at the votes that you saw in the recent UK election. Look at the votes that you saw in the 2016 election. Look at those areas. What did they produce? The same exact things those Americans that voted for Trump in those particular states produced. The same exact place. What do you have? <coughs> you have drug problems. You have gang problems of all races and creeds. You have dysfunctional problems all across the board, and then you have nobody to have the power to save it. This all stems from the fact Obama chose the bankers over the people. This all stems from the fact that Obama chose the bankers over the people. The tarp bailout, and nobody went to jail for it. It all comes back to that. Occupy Wall Street and the Occupy movement was the last chance of any sort of leftist movement in this society because all the leftist movements you see now complain about Trump and complain about they didn't get the votes they wanted. Now they're complaining. These are all bourgeoisie. As many as a lot of these leftists are saying, they are all bourgeoisie. Your real problem in this society right now is that the left has been co-opted by the same corporations that y'all been fighting against for years over these particular days. They are all related. And now you're seeing the relation. 
the media, unfortunately, excuse me, the media, unfortunately, is now playing both sides. <coughs> and they are willing to play both sides. You know why they're willing to play both sides? Because both sides, they will make money either way. They don't care. The unfortunate truth about the matter is a lot of the left, especially in education, especially in the majority of the entertainment industry, especially in the day, they all vote labor. And they vote labor in the sense of a bourgeoisie type lifestyle. They weren't going to win. The working class has suffered too much. Too much loss. Too much all of these things. Too much backstabbing and whatnot. And they're going to take it out. All of these populist movements are all going to move towards the right wing. And sadly, unfortunately, and sadly... A lot of this started in 2014. A lot of this could have been stopped if the Me Too movement was an accurate, was a actual movement, and the Times Up movement was an actual movement to stop the sexual predation, the sex trafficking, the sexual the sexual exploitation of not only women. Innocent women, but children who are always innocent. And ultimately to end the concept of prostitution all around the Western world. When they were not serious about it, and when the sets, positive people who are supportive for prostitution came into light trying to set up consent forms and all these other things, setting up jail sentences for those that lie about certain things and whatnot, except for the things that truly matter, like <coughs> health and sexual health and all the rest of these things, what do you think they were going to do? The working class is being punished for no reason other than that they exist. And they don't do things, and they don't see the world the same way. And a lot of the confrontations they have with their children, a lot of the working class is beginning to see it, that it is coming from the educational and entertainment side <coughs> of each of their country's entities, as it were. You can't have that. And Jeremy Corderman realized it. So now you see today for the first time, y'all screwed. Y'all are screwed. Bernie Sanders is not going to win the nomination for the Democrat Party. He's not going to win. It's Joe Biden, regardless of anything that's happened. All the stats... Look to Joe Biden. It's not going to change. It's Joe Biden. He has the black vote. 
He has a majority. He has a lot of the Latino vote. He has all the, the even in spite of the disappointments that they, they don't care. He's connected to Obama. We vote for him. It's the end of the discussion. Bernie Sanders has no shot. And the fact the media is going towards Warren or Buttigieg tells me that they don't believe that he's going to hold it. But as long as he did, they're not going to touch it. The reason why they are going after Biden is because that he stays in the way of what they want. Hillary Clinton is going to come back in this election. And Razor Fitz said this on Twitter that she might run again. I'm heading towards 75%. There's a 25% chance, no, but I'm heading towards 20, 75% now. <coughs> and then when he says I call it, he said it will be the biggest fuck you, I told you so. Everywhere around Twitter. I'm not lying to you. She might run again. It's 75% now. The media is actively trying to stop. Any sort of change. Right wing or left wing. Because anywhere near that. Their whole Cost of cards fails. The only reason why they are in even supporting any concept of a bourgeoisie left, which the media is more towards now, <coughs> especially on the entertainment side. The reason is because of fear and pain. Fear, pain, and abuse in their actual corners. One, the fear is, is twofold. The trickery, they use the fear to trick themselves into getting power into these particular industries in order to diminish all these other particular things. The fear, number two, is that these corporations are now using all these particular theories, Duluth model, feminist theory, all the rest of these particular things, in order to make money hand over fist over fears of dangers and fears of reprisal. When the actual reality is there was no fear. It was a made-up game. Now to make sure, unfortunately, the corporations have full hegemon over every single aspect of entertainment, media, and education. They're going to use YouTube to promote bread to and spread the lies all across the all across America and the rest of the Western world. But we have seen through those votes, those lies don't matter no more. 
And now they're going to double down and triple down into a point of insanity. And then the working class is going to revolt. That is what they want. They want the working classes to revolt. Not only here, but in the United States. They want the revolt. So then they turn out to be the actual neoconservatives everybody was trying to fight against. Because all of this is neoconservatism part two in a different turn, in a different way. Make sure there are no new ideas, no new revolutions, no going back to realize that certain things they did back in the past better than they do today. Realize that our educational system has been broken down and won't teach children the right ways of doing things. Can't teach Latin and Greek. We have the we 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 are teaching every uh, about uh, finance when it's connected to uh, how, uh, math, but we don't teach the parents how to do finance. We teach our many of these children to be slaves, and then when everybody's shocked, when it takes one person. Ah, uh, everyone that said, I give a fuck about you, but it turns out they don't really give a fuck about them. They only give a damn about their bodies and how it will feel good to coom on their bodies. I just want to let y'all know, when that shit happens and you know then, don't blame no pornography. They the victims. They the victims and the symptoms of a much larger problem. Whereas Corbin was going to lose regardless, but the way he lost brings out real big problems in the left wing. The way Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 should have brought big Changes to the left wing. None of those changes have taken place. I just want to let y'all know. Sanders loses and there's only a bourgeoisie left. And the bourgeoisie left gets angry enough to start, start shit. And the working class are going to fight like they did back in the 1970s. Do you know what happened in 76, 77, 78, and 79 all the way up to 80? Do you really want to know what happened? <coughs> all of these liberals left. All of them left. Some of them stayed. All of them left. Most of them left. There was a humongous freaking hole in the business. And I mean... Oh, deep and wide. The only reason why you had any sort of success. So scazy, all the rest of them sort of had a success and all the rest of those things. The only reason why the left wing didn't, didn't get wrecked to shreds. 
You want to know the reason why? They started to go into businesses and they started to get money and they started to realize they could use this they could use capitalism in a way to continue their bourgeoisie lifestyles. You don't understand that these folks are already have money. Excuse me. And when you have that type of money, you get into some shit people don't want to see or experience. Y'all gonna have to discuss a left wing that gets back the working class. Otherwise, the door's gonna close. A lot of leftists said autocracy is coming. A lot of people have said that the way things are are not going to be the way things are. We already have complaints about pornography. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit later. But y'all going to have to figure out how you going to survive. I don't think you have the balls to even make that move. We'll see you guys in a minute. We'll be back right after this. All right, folks, I'm going to hammer you guys a little bit. This whole controversy about pornography. I don't want to talk about sex on this program, but now y'all forced me to. Only this time because you're interfering. This is somewhat of an interference from what we were trying to talk about earlier with the decade and the year in review, which we'll get to in a minute. But I don't want to humor you in a moment. I humor you. Porn was never the problem. Never was the problem. It, the problem we see when it comes to how families are, how a father and a mother raise families start and begin and raise families. social hygiene, if you want to put it in particular sense. The pension of these young women exploring themselves. The pred situation 
all comes back to this simple premise. Make it as simple, as easy as possible. And I've been saying it, it's been connected to all these things, but I'm saying it now. Men have given up their emotional sovereignty to women and have put women on a pedestal. That's the problem. Nothing to do with pornography. Nothing to do with pornography. Pornography, in the real sense, if we want to look at it, is a victim and perceived victim. Let's make it clear. A perceived victim and a symptom of the problem I just mentioned. Andrew Torbra, Mike Walsh, I understand where they're coming from. I completely understand where the conservatives are. Absolutely correct that porn should not be seen by children. I agree 120% on this. We can't blame porn for this one this time, folks. No, we can't. We have put way too much emphasis and way too much care beyond our own selves just to protect our surroundings on the betterment of not necessarily the betterment but we put women on a pedestal emotionally and unfortunately spiritually this is the grand mistake many african-american men make the grand mistake and is the grand mistake in a why makes we cannot do that when you put women on a pedestal and in certain ways in an un unconscious sense they resent that resent it to the very fiber of their being we're starting to realize the truth about pornography Every single time we get to this point, we get to this free speech argument, the <coughs> conservatives spin it every time to the question of children and access. They are correct on that. But when it comes to adults, Viewing or not viewing it. The question then comes, who has the rights? Should it even be seen? Does it diminish the sexual tension, sexual tensions they have <coughs> between men and women and all the rest of these things? Y'all don't understand a damn thing. Y'all don't. And when you realize why you don't understand it, you will begin to realize that even though they come from a place of deep concern for their children and how they see the world, 
They are absolutely wrong when it comes to adults viewing or seeing this particular day. I'm going to let you in on a sad secret that people will never understand. But it has to be said. The traditional conservatives, the tricons, are no different from the feminists. Even self, Andrea Dworkin had worked with the conservatives back in the 80s and 90s concerning this same pornography day. They are talking the same exact language because they all come from that same place. Everything that Torah said, everything that Watts said, everything they did, they come from the same place the feminists are coming coming from. They are one and the same people. When you realize that they're one of the same people, you will get to understand why we're now living in a society that does not know where the hell or what the hell a woman should act and be like. And damn men for their biology. <coughs> the reason why we have the LGBT culture that we have today, where they accept an 11 year old man, 11 year old boy, into cross dressing and all the rest of these things. Is because you now you lived in a time where all of these conservatives had toxic intentions with religion and how it interacted with masculinity and the use of the toxic ways of religion towards masculinity not only to diminish masculinity in the promotion of trying to keep their daughters in line. And what I mean by doing that is that, oh, the woman made a mistake. She have a child. This young man here doesn't have a dad. Let him take care of this child that does not belong to him. Let him love this woman that does not belong to him. Let him love this woman and love this child that does not belong to him. That he never made. Because he's alone. He needs to have some sort of connection. He needs to have some responsibility. He's given no authority. And in the real sense. Should not be given authority. Over a child that does not belong. Does not not. Is not even blood connected to him. I'm not saying. It doesn't always work. I'm not saying single uh, 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 step parents are bad. But the concept of multiple step parents, the concept of multiple kids with multiple fathers, <coughs> even though. I support future and all the rest of this thing. Yeah, fine. What what have you? To me, is an anathema, and should not be promoted as such. 
a certain idea of Christianity, of the way how women were supported before chivalry was destroyed when chivalry came to the fore. <coughs> they gave in to the machinations of how another female acts and believes and sees the world over the men that did the work. The men that struggle and survive to try to put food on their table, not only for themselves, but their family. Both as a son and as a father to but also as a son to their family, to the other family, and their and a son and a father to their own. <coughs> None of these conservatives get that their morality has been used to destroy men. That. Catholicism and Christianity has been turned on its head into continuing to support the misbehaviors of women. And that in order to cope with these behaviors that women tend to do unconsciously and consciously, Mostly on abuse, mostly because of abuse. That pornography and the whole nine yards concerning how women are objectified and all the rest of it is a coping mechanism from the realities of the situation that had come at hand. This is not healthy. A lot of these conservatives say, and they have a point to families that are trying to live their lives and not expose their children to such particular coping mechanisms that other men have. They have not given us any sort of idea out of these particular situations other than exercise, which is not a bad idea. exercise, going back to God, going back to faith, and all these other things. But all of this is to keep women on a pedestal and not to get men out of his situation. Do you want to know what I have figured out about this whole thing? About pointing the what or the rest of it. Christianity and Catholicism in particular teaches everyone that follows it how to be a child of God. <coughs> how to do things in God's time. How to keep away from sin. And the whole nine yards. None of it. And this is the 
great disaster that Torba, Walsh, and all of the traditional conservatives face. And it is going to be the ultimate reason, even with Islam, unfortunately for NOI and the rest of them, this is going to be the reasons each of those three religions are going to suffer dislocations in the 2020s. None of them. <coughs> none of them. Are teaching. Men. How to be men. Successfully. Even with a Christian mindset. None of them are. They are teaching them. How to forgive. Give those that have come to the church with the children of men they have been with in the past and refuse to reconcile them back as a family. For a Catholic church, for a Christian church, for the whole Christ, for gold Christendom, and somewhat Islam in a way, and somewhat Judaism in a in a sense, to bring this in, especially with the things with birth control and all the rest of it, which has given all the power of. The next generation, two women. For Christianity not to recognize those types of disasters and not be able to fix these disasters are partly the reasons why we are losing people in the church right now. And partly the reason why no matter how much correctiveness and truth and correctiveness and facts all these conservatives say the truth comes down to this. As long as a single mother comes back into the church saying that she is alone and she needs a father for another day and the church community tries to get these single men into trying to marry these children so they can have a father in their lives are ultimately doing, dooming themselves to failure in one sense or another, whether if it's implicit or implicit or in a way that will set themselves up for failure in the future. All pornography is, is a symptom of this problem. And the only way the symptom can be solved is not by limiting porn or what have you not even going after it in the 2020s because it is useless to go after it it is time to accept the fact unfortunately for a lot of catholics and as for, unfortunately for a lot of those in islam and all the rest of it their women are sexual creatures they're sexual beings. And the implications of this 
are very dangerous to hold. But if someone can go through that, they can find some intriguing ideas on how to solve a lot of the problems that we suffer today so porn won't be so much of a symptom. <coughs> the reality of the situation is, is that the mainstream media and the mainstream entities in all the Western world, education and all the rest of it, only made porn strong, did not make porn stronger. It didn't do that. It used porn's fetishes to promote political intrigues, especially on the left. Body shaming, anti-body shaming, fat positivity, someone with LGBT, And a lot of other things. They use pornography's fetishes. And sometimes they're stars. To promote prostitution. The mainstream media promoted prostitution. It wasn't porn. It was prostitution. It promoted prostitution. The mainstream media did. And now the backlash is coming. I just want to say one thing. It's connected to anime, but I want to say one thing, and I want to say one thing important into the reasons why their arguments and their anger should be going against prostitution and stiffer punishments for sex trafficking and sex enslavement and especially prostitution, especially with OnlyFans, <coughs> OnlyFans, Just Fans, and Cash App, and the whole rest of it. And I want this to make this clear. We have a show called Big Mouth that went for three seasons. And will be and has been given a nomination for a Golden Globe Award. You know what that show is. And a lot of the liberals have called it such a, a, a sex education if you want to put it in particular terms. And the show with Netflix UK and Ireland showed on YouTube four minutes from each of the three seasons of their main characters in an ACMR type of setup doing things I cannot say on this radio broadcast. Let me repeat my, I'm not going to, that, that's what they did. We have a show called 
There's a show called Damachi, second season. And it talked about, and the final four or five episodes talked about prostitution and how men are tempted into the game. And how women are victims of this crime. And how one is enchanted and entranced. And in the battle between Aisha and Belle Cornell, Aisha made these statements. Kill me, diss me. Play me, F me, this, that, the other thing. I am an arrogant that will use men and want to please men, and I don't give a fuck about them. Prostitution is the greatest crime. Any civilization can do towards itself. It is a crime that takes innocent women and puts them into situations they should never be entered to. It is as equal and may be as worse as pred, as predic, <coughs> as being someone who's a predator towards children. It is at that level. And the fact that we accept this and think this has been okay since the beginning of civilization makes it possible for civilization to collapse every time. You cannot negotiate genuine desire. Period, point blank. And the fact that this society has removed all forms of desire, so that porn, and all of those aspects can be used as a coping mechanism for just a couple of minutes for these lost souls of men to feel like they have, <laughs> that they still have some sexual pep in their lives. Because all the desire is behind an ATM machine. And we have, and men begging have to feed this beast in order to become or to feel like they're worth something.
It is the greatest crime women can do to men as adults. What men and women do to the greatest crime towards children. In my audience, it is two things. To kill them before they're born. Not because the child is going to hurt the mother. Not out of rape. Not because the child there's a, a victim, both the mother and the child are victims of rape. Not because it was incest, but because they don't have the money. Or it's just, I don't know. If you want to believe the things they're saying in, in, um, in Florida. Or they didn't want to say. Which could be even worse. Killing a child. And praying on a child. But the thing that we women do worse to men is to prostitute and for a man to pay money for sets. The worst thing a woman can do is to accept that. And think it's okay. And think it's just fine. There's under, I understand about survival in this world. I understand that. But it reaches a point where, where's the desire? Where is the ideals? And I don't think it, where's the opportunities? The real problem, folks, as I end this little thing, is that Haruheim did not want to become a prostitute no more and never touch a man at any time. Bell Cornell became the hero and stopped by Aisha's bullshit. Ultimately, Ishtar, queen of the prostitutes, was killed by Freya. That's in the show Damachi. But Bell Cornell risked his life to save an innocent who never touched a man and never hurt any man and never got near it. <coughs> <clears throat> Never even got near it. And yet somehow the men did the right thing and walked away. But Bell Grinnell ended the bullshit. That's a man. And you know what Hermes said on that episode there? I know you were fans of how you did. He's the hero that will stop the bullshit. That is going on in Oreo. He is the chosen one. That is the day. They knew. He was the one. 
third season is going to be amazing. But that is just an example of the difference between Japan and America, especially with animation. And that is the difference you need to make as those of you who are say you are traditional conservatives, not going after porn, but really going after the true disaster. It is time to stop. All of these things, and they are all connected to prostitution. Torba, you can complain about all the porn bots in the world and all the disgusting things that has happened, but there are symptoms of a bigger problem. You can't negotiate genuine desire. And all the traditional conservatives trying to get single men to marry uh, uh, single moms, you're not being traditional. Because Rolo Tomasi already has a child. Other people already have children. They have done more traditional things than any of you guys LARPing tradition has ever done. Look at yourselves and see the real problem. You can't negotiate genuine desire. That's the reason we have this problem. We'll be back right after this on Beyond This Earth. Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond This Earth. It is now time of a review of the decade and this year. <coughs> we are going to be off <coughs> until the 20th of January. No, actually the 24th and the 20th. 24th, 25th, the weekend of the 20th. Actually, the weekend of the 24th and 25th of January. So you won't see me for at least a couple of weeks. You won't hear this voice for a couple of weeks. Uh, and we will have new things set up for those weeks there. So I'm not going to take too much of your time. Let's talk about this whole decade. Personally, entertainment-wise... Sports-wise, the whole lot of it. I'm actually going to start with sports-wise. This decade, when we started out sports-wise, we had some amazing matches. We had some interesting, <coughs> we had some interesting day. We saw the rise of soccer in America, mostly in the female side when it came with the worldwide stuff, but the Premier League premiering in the beginning of the start of the decade, uh, like 2013. Was a changeover, and NBC handled it extremely well. So, the Premier League was a thing for me, and it's become a part of the whole Saturday morning entries, as it were. Actually, 
what this made this decade big for sports for me, to be quite honest, was the Philadelphia Eagles finally winning the Super Bowl. That was the moment in all of this business, all of the sports world, the whole world felt like it was new again when we won. I always wanted to see that as a kid, to see this team win, and to see it, the whole world watching us win was truly an amazing moment. Of course, I'm more towards the business of sports. We saw the rise of ESPN and somewhat the fall of ESPN all in the same decade. All Most of the sports moved all to cable, and then all of a sudden the sports are starting to move back into this particular uh, a decade back to broadcast because the cable industry collapsed upon itself. Wild how things change. The old man still stayed in power uh, with tennis and a lot of things. We uh, CBS lost the rights to the U.S. Open. Wimbledon, the rights for Wimbledon was gone to ESPN. They both went to ESPN. The ratings have been somewhat okay and somewhat not okay, but it isn't the same anymore concerning that particular thing, especially with American tennis. So uh, what happened in basketball and baseball is that baseball finally had his moment. It's strangely enough in 2016 where a lot of things changed. That moment was the Chicago Cubs wins the World Series after 104 years, 108 years. And if you didn't feel that in your heart when you saw Bob Correa in that old commercial they re-aired the day they won, and you didn't feel that heart strength of a struggling team, that the whole world was watching just like they did for us. Luckily, our broadcaster survived. You weren't human. It happened a couple of months before the upset of the generation. We'll get to that in a, le- a little bit later. Woo! <coughs> College football! Tebow, Alabama, the two Jordan Hare miracles, answered prayer. All of the superstars that played in these games all went to the NFL (coughs) and all did things in that league. College football was amazing in certain ways. <clears throat> and in some ways, Temple was a part of that amazement, if you really want to put it in simple terms. 
So what happened was, in that particular sense, huh, there was an interesting time for college football. Basketball, we had LeBron heading to Miami, then going back to Cleveland and doing something that Jordan never did, and not a lot of other players did. One out of 32 times, one out of all the times that they have ever done in a seven-game series. Since they started a seven-game series for the World Championship Series, now the NBA Finals. Oof. Then came the rise of Golden State. So, <coughs> then the rise of Golden State, the Lakers kind of disappeared. And then the Sixers started to come out of their shells, but lost in a close one. And now Toronto has the championship. Hockey. <coughs> New teams won the championship. There was a sort of a rise. Sidney Crosby wins Dre. Ovechkin finally gets one. An interesting decade for the day. And Cherry's out. He's been kicked out three times. And the third time, he might be cooked out for good. Oh, and just like the NFL back in the 1990s, <coughs> we have a similar situation to happen with the broadcaster CBC. Losing the rights to the NHL to Sportsnet up in Rogers up in Canada. So they own those rights similar to what happened. And it was crazy. And so they were under Sportsnet, uh, Sports, uh, 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 with Rogers and Rogers got rid of Cherry, which made a comment about the, um, the soldiers during Remembrance Day and some people being ungrateful. But we're heading towards new contracts and whatnot. So we talked about soccer, we talked about tennis, we talked about baseball. The NFL. <coughs> My goodness. NFL. Mm. The start of the contract, it was still the year, the decade of the Patriots. Whoever beat the Patriots would go win the championship. And it was pretty much true for most of those times there. And they won six times. There wasn't anybody different outside of Baltimore and San Francisco. We had the Colin Kaepernick thing, which is still ongoing, which caused a lot of issues with the NFL. And ESPN and a lot of these things. Oh, I don't want to forget the whole uh, China thing with basketball and whatnot. I don't want to forget that. That's going to be an issue coming down soon. <coughs> <coughs> and a whole lot of it. 
And then we have the CTE scandal, which is still ongoing somewhat, which is somewhat similar of a scandal, which is connected to who, what is a concussion and what's not a concussion. But the NFL had a law back in 2016 and now has gone back to new heights somewhat in 2018 with the rise of these mega quarterbacks now doing futuristic stuff with their arms and like well likewise similar to what was happened in um uh what was planned to happen in the future <coughs> they mentioned it a couple of years before in their little 2020 thing that the nfl did back then college basketball Nobody thought that a 16 was going to be the one and the number one seed. But it happened in 2016. 2016, a one defeated a, a, a 16 defeated a one? Did this happen? Did that year happen? Did did any of those years happen after 2012 or we're just going through the motions? But that college basketball, two straight wins from Villanova, making them one of the most talented teams in recent memory. Can't complain. The rest of them were did there, but the big shock was that one. That was that that was the most shocking moment in all of sports and it wasn't even close and there have been a lot of great moments in that uh, division as well where does sports head uh, with all this gambling stuff and whatnot with the NBA trying this kit level entry with the Branded jerseys, which are kits. They're no longer called jerseys. Jerseys are not branded. Kits are branded. So it's a kit, not a jersey. Anyway. <coughs> excuse me. With this gambling thing and all that money going to gambling and whatnot, who knows where things head. Anyway. Let's get to music. Music was crazy. Heavy metal started to rise again somewhat in the early 2010s with the end of the new metal and whatnot. Prog metal became a thing. And now the old guys, some of them have passed away. Lemmy was a big loss. You read Del uh, uh James Rio was a big loss. Slayer came back. A lot of the others came back. <clears throat> Metal is going to rise bigger in 2020, but in, in a time where everything went into streaming, Metal started to get some inroad there, even though they have been derided, starting to get derided, began to be derided by certain people who shouldn't even be in the Metal game. 
popular music wasn't really popular music anymore. It became a mixture of of K-pop in the later decade. In the earlier decade, it was Drake and Rihanna. In the other parts of the decade, it was other things. Um, so popular, it became Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift never reached those type of heights. So it is what it is. And it wasn't a, a fantastic year, but a lot of female stars started to come up, but the male stars just dominated the last few years of the decade. Last few years of the decade was dominated by Ed Sheeran and Drake and a lot of others. <coughs> the weekend started to come up. I want to talk about the rap industry in a way with the recent um, death of Juice World, Little Peep, Essession. A lot of these days, it was this drug rap culture that became a part of it. And we're not so lucky so much as that they were derided. These young men were derided for their music. Um, there was a point where we had um, um, despite their uh, questionable histories, Nakamore was a thing and he became popular and all this woke stuff started to come around. Uh, I think some of the things with the drug culture rap was pretty much a, a, a response to what was going on with the rap industry, not promoting certain artists that had the talent over others. There was also a, a thing with, um, uh, with social justice and the whole thing with Ferguson and a lot of others that really pushed a lot of things into the limelight for good or for ill in certain cases. Um, future became a thing. Um, you, the whole thing can be summed up in the way Kanye went through the whole thing. Uh, you could look at the whole industry as the look as where Kanye went through. And what Kanye went through and how the industry made themselves into what it is. Um, uh, the whole industry fell down and uh, had gone up and down with him. Mac Miller passed away. And he was at a point where if he talked about the issues that happened with him. Where he was talking about those... Um, uh, what happened to his girlfriend during Manchester? Well, <coughs> the the overall thing that happened in the music industry uh, is the rise of K-pop. Um, some of it because the majority of the Western pop industry has left that particular business. The rise of K-pop. The realization that metal and country 
are the only successful franchises so far right now in the business concerning making money. And the last thing being, <coughs> excuse me, the last one being half of the uh, industry heading towards streaming. Oh, and the indie uh, thing being the independence, such as Adult Swim Records, that they're moving away towards the truly independent work into something like a cultural um, bourgeoisie type method, if you want to put it in particular terms. Um, was going to really talk about was doing real music for people ready to really get into it, but not anymore so much. Now curated by other people that see things in a more different light. So <coughs> that was for music. Whereas for the rest of entertainment, we went through a lot. 2010... Things were so different in 2010 from 2019. It's almost like it's a different, complete. it's like two different decades in one. Two different decades. And all of it started changing around 2014. We were at the last stage in 2010 of things that were taking place of overall changes in the business in 2010. <coughs> We're at that stage. We were at that stage. And things started to turn around in 2014 in ways we could never have predicted until today and after 20 <coughs> and after that and after 2014 the entertainment industry as we know it don't exist anymore i think everything started to come to a head when the whole me too movement started popping up Actually, you can go back before me to, to um, a premise where in 2012, they were starting to do other things that were not working. I think you can say somewhat frozen for some time before that and the success of frozen. And then Disney's other successes with Marvel and whatnot. And the changes that were happening in that particular side of the business. And the way they try to keep things on an even keel. And the criticisms that recently have came out in 2019 because of it. Showcases a lot of the changes that happened in the industry. We went from... A era of fandoms to nerd culture 
and uh, the acceptance of what we consider nerd culture to an unbelievably unhealthy degree. It was also the beginning, and it was truly the end of Saturday Morning Animation um, in 2011, 2012, 2011, 2013. And that was a difficult uh, year. And this was the beginning of the rise of the uh, anime streaming services such as Crunchyroll, the Filmation One, the BRB collaboration they were doing, Rooster Teeth, Machina, and then front, and then YouTube took over as Saturday Morning died, <coughs> <coughs> and the effects of all of that has come to a full uh, cavalcade of disappointment with the Copa thing that has taken place in 2019 affecting everyone in 2020. So those are the effects of things that happened in that particular era. <coughs> um, you saw the rise of, uh, after me to the rise of this, um, distraction feminism if you want to call it especially with the Ghostbusters and um, the way it was handled and you can see the differences of what happened with the upper with the female Ghostbusters with the majority female cast and directed by Paul Fegg versus the one they recently showed in 2019 with most of the original cast and two female and one male and one female character believing to be the grandfathers of the original Ghostbusters. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can see the changes they made in other scripts. The whole thing with uh, um, the rest of the franchise as well. And, they, and then you can see the scenes of that and how divisive that go, the Ghostbusters one was to the franchise and then the whole camp and marvel thing with a leader and the whole lot of it it became a mess and those messes affected how politics was seen and how people were seen and all the rest of it um that led into i just want to go to the video game side before we go into the other major thing that changed in the a whole um, political sphere was um, uh, when Saturday morning died and the an and anime started taking over a lot of the things that used to be done for um, uh, Western animation and entertainment. Um, video games started taking over, uh, but in certain ways, video games just fell off from its 20, uh, uh, 2008-2009 highs. There was a generational change, but the generational change was muted in certain ways. And so by 2020, we were supposed to have the generation we were supposed to have in 2014. Uh, PlayStation went conservative with all the fears that came out of politics, especially with Edward Snowden that happened in that year, that happened in that times that we haven't been able to fix and, and there's still discussion about it. 
And the answer was that Americans don't necessarily care about privacy too much anymore, but it became even worse, and now they're still going to have to face that particular problem. <coughs> this is connected to the whole internet thing as well. And so what happened was with the video game industry is that the AAA publishers started shedding the bed. And I mean shedding the bed. And then the platformer started to shed the bed. And then the indie developers started shedding the bed. And then we had this whole controversy, Gamergate and the connections with the military and the whole nine yards of it. And it really opened a lot of people's eyes to how things really were. And it started a lot of soul searching and a lot of questioning, especially in their culture in how they handle things and how other people see things and life as well. And it's really sad how it all ended up into who was the true, who was the false, and who was just grifting the whole time and how it exposed a lot of people to the realities of, of American and Western societies. And it was very sad. But some successes were had. We had Fortnite became one of the biggest successes in video game in the, in, in the industry, uh, as, long, as well as Angry Birds. And Angry Birds became one of the last great uh, kids franchises left uh, at, when it became famous. Started becoming into its own in the 2010s. <coughs> but the censorship got too much. At, in late 2016, and it began to realize that things were not going to be the same anymore, and a lot of changes were being made, and we now have a corporate a corporate culture, that, and the esports and the whole rest of it that they're trying to remake the whole um, mainstream industry in the one video game industry. And it is not working, and you're seeing the damage right in front of your faces. Even despite the fact that Sony has sold more PlayStation 4s than any place on record, and the Xbox didn't do too hot in 2020, it's going to be more of the same, and there is going to be a reckoning very soon. And you're beginning to see the cracks starting to form especially with the way the ding was handled with the award show, even though a certain game, Kosekira won the gaming awards for that particular one, but they didn't have a game for the decade, which is interesting to me. In real sense, there were only a few games of the decade, and one of them has to be near Automata, has to be one of them. If that's not one of those games of the decade, you're just fooling yourselves. Uh, and Dark Souls series is another one as well. That's just uh, what I have to say about that subject concerning video games. Let us get to society and politics. If this decade wasn't the apocalypse... This decade may be the start of the apocalypse. 
My goodness. We just went through hell after 2011 and the whole Occupy Wall Street movement and how social media affected a lot of things with relationships and whatnot. Thought things were getting better. Things got worse. Way worse. We couldn't believe our ears and we couldn't believe our eyes. That's just basically what it was. That's just basically what it was. We couldn't believe our ears and our eyes. And if you want a real answer to all the problems that we had, you want a real pro answer to all the problems that we had, it goes back to 2018, 2018. 2008, excuse me, and the economic tragedy that happened there. So the effect of that decade has finally reached a fever pitch. I don't know. Personally, I have ever experienced a decade where I have caught a lot of people out of my life over what they do in society and what they do in politics. I never thought that the way that we speak to each other was going to be affected by the way we see each other in social media, politics, and society. And one of the things that I began to realize is that you start to feel sorry for a lot of the things that you saw in life. You start to realize that you were lied to about a lot of things. And the culture that continues to accept this is being a fool about a lot of particular things that have are not true. And personally, I had to wake up from a lot of things and realize that I can't understand can't accept a lot of nonsense and can't accept myself belittling me, belittling me, belittling myself into situations and things that uh, will get me into bigger trouble that will not lead me into, into success. And in the last three years, especially as the society Accepted failure, thought that failure was going to succeed, and then doubled down on those failures and acted dumb when we confronted them on those failures and why they failed.
for those last three years. One had to realize that this wasn't a game anymore. And we had to move on. We had to see life in a different way. And the people that we thought we could trust, we couldn't trust no more. The media messed up. The media hired the wrong people. The media did all this and whatnot. And then the fatal realization that years and years of just looking the other way, when you thought that it was just a way out. A lot of people, the things that they did back in the past was just a way out and all the rest of these things. But if you really look at it, at the analysis, <coughs> and saw what it took for these people to just even breathe, and how corrupted it reached, you realize that you made the right decision. In a lot of cases, you made the right decision. And the fact that fam your family, your society, looks at you in a completely different way because of it, means that this society is too broken and you, and you can't accept you can't fix it you can't fix it so in a way you have to back away there is no good in staying in places that will not accept you and just look at you as another number another tool another algorithm to be used and then you saw the women you knew in the past you made the right decision on not even dealing with them you began to realize they were not good it's a mess and then you thought you found somebody that you knew but no you go into a situation where you have to develop yourself and you have to develop some certain other ways to cope with the life that you have to live and in the end of the analysis it's not easy it was never going to be easy. And in certain ways, um, the way life has been, it's hard. 2016, I'll never forget this during the election. The day of the election, there was a transit strike that ended on that day. And so at that after that transit strike, the people that was going to help Hillary Clinton uh, get people to the polls were there. There was not a sizable crowd, but they were out there trying to get people to the polls. And I swear, for the rest of my days in this world, I saw these women. They were overweight. 
They were not healthy. They were just talking so much BS, talking about all the things they were doing and all the rest of it, and they never knocked on one door. The whole three blocks I was watching them. They never knocked on one door. Not one. Obama's time in office, they knocked on every single door. Every single door was knocked. Every single one. But for Mrs. Clinton, they never knocked on one door. And then when Trump won the election, I just sat down on my floor aghast. Not that Trump won. I did not vote for the man. But I looked at it and I said, he had it won. She had it won. If they just knocked on three doors, I knew she would have won. I was ready to go anyway. I didn't vote for either candidate. I was ready to go. But they did not knock on one door the day I was there. And I saw them walk three blocks, the whole place near one of the supermarkets there. They didn't knock on one door the time I was there. I knew that Trump was going to win. And from that day to the day I'm doing this recording, every single friend that I have that's liberal has always complained about Trump did this and Trump did that and we must impeach him and the Russians did it <coughs> the whole nine yards. The whole nine. But they never knocked on one door when I saw them. And these are the people that talk about all the things we're suffering through, then blame everything on one race. And those that agree with them, blame them for institutionalized Stockholm Syndrome. This decade should have been the most productive decade in my life. And it could have been. But the tragedies of, of 2008, the unwillingness, the things that happened with Occupy Wall Street, the thing that happened in 2014, which led into the thing that happened in 2016, and everything that had taken place since then. Made me realize that a lot of people may have been lucky. 
to be living in places to enjoy life, and congratulations. But for me, I had to move. I have to move on. I cannot live in a society that lies about his inability to do the work, doubles down on the lie, forgets that it lies, and then accepts corruption and chicanery in order to accept the Dunning-Kruger effects, insecurity, and the realization they have been hurt. That's scary to me. Really, really scary. It is that is with that look and that realization that I see the world completely differently than before. And it's one of the reasons I decided that I have to move on. This world is too big. This world is too beautiful. This world is too rich. With respectable people who know what life is going through and know what life is to be stuck here with people who run towns and cities and societies that don't want you to succeed, to thrive, and to become the man you know you're capable of. And that is pretty much what the year was. The realization that <coughs> things have to be better. And things have to change. And the realization that people will not get the gist of it until... They face it in their own lives and see it for what it is. That they rather complain and they are rather do whatever to get what they want. And in certain places they are doing it right now. And those places are dying. You don't want to be in a place that is dying. You want to be in a place that lives. And so, that's 2019 for me. That's the whole decade. I decided to look for the higher things. I decided to look above the earth, beyond the earth, for hope, for guidance, and for a chance for a better future. We'll be right back, right after this, on Beyond This Earth. Well, folks, let's end today with a couple of good news. 
uh, dealing with space. Uh, I would like to introduce some of y'all to uh, Anton Petrov, which uses a um, some elements he uses um, uh, a, a program that deals with space. I, I I saw another program that dealt with space that I used to play with a couple of years when I was a little younger. I don't know if that company is still around. <laughs> but I love the design, and I love the things I could do with it. I'm just wondering if this is the second generation, if um, the newer version is kind of like a second generation of that particular thing. So, I'm just saying. So, Petrov uh, talks about space and about galaxies and all of that. Check that out as well. There's a couple there on YouTube as well. We'll be doing some more things about space as things develop, as we continue with the show Beyond This Earth. Um, there's some interesting things they're doing up in the space station um, concerning super states, strange things, how they use lasers to make it cold if it's in the right frequency, <coughs> and a whole lot more. So we're going to talk about that in depth in 2020 as we move forward. <clears throat> I want to do more of the space things. We were just trying to get rid of some of the dead weight we were doing with that particular things as well. And we'll have a lot more about these things. But of course, we're going to talk about the stupid impeachment and all the rest of those stuff. But we're just going to keep it at a lower teal. Um, 2019's um, disasters have to end, so we're just getting through that as well, and just getting through all of that. So, thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Novin Hollaback. We're going to be back on the week of the 20th, and the weekend of the 24th and the 25th. With an all new episode of Beyond This Earth, we are going to discuss what we have planned for 2020, how many episodes we're going to do, and a whole lot more concerning that. Um, we're going to have a new intro, we're going to have uh, different setups for the segments. And a whole lot more. Hopefully we get some interviews going through. That will talk about space. And sometimes about politics. Sometimes about entertainment. And a whole lot more concerning that. So. Thank you for what, listening. We will see you guys on the week of the 20th, take care of yourselves and each other. Happy New Year to all of you. Merry Christmas to you, your family, and yours. Have And let us start this new year and new decade with a focus on what is beyond this earth. Take care of yourselves. This is Novin Hollaback.
We'll see you guys on January 20th. Well, actually, 24th and 25th on Beyond This Earth.